So I suppose we could, if we wanted to, talk about this image of the um, Pharisees that sit on the chair of Moses, even though they themselves are not perfect. That's Jesus making his point. They're not perfect, but you follow them because they sit on the chair of Moses. And we talk about the Sea of Moses and the Sea of Peter, which we still have today, but we won't because this is a marriage retreat, so that has nothing to do with you guys. But um, that last line, last two lines, right? The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself or herself will be humbled. Whatever humbles himself or herself will be exalted. And I do think that applies very much to the vocations that we are all living, priesthood, married life. There's always a temptation of pride in our lives. All of us. And it's sad, you almost can't kill it in this life easily. It kind of grows with you. All you can do is try to stunt it, stifle it, smother it, crush it if you can, but it's still kind of pushed through, kind of like a weed that you can't fully get rid of. You can just keep cutting the grass, but it just, till you die, it's going to be there. And it's going to get stronger, unchecked. And we find ourselves suffering that temptation of pride, that temptation to exalt myself, assert myself, even in marriage. We see it often where we have that tendency to want to show that you're wrong, I'm right. And you need to accept that. You're wrong, I'm right. I defend my faults when you call me out. I talk to others about your faults, my partner's faults. But it's sad because the greatest among you, Jesus says, the greater love is not the one who's right. It's the one who serves the good of the other. The one who humbles himself or herself is the greater love. Love is not about being right. And your spouse, your partner, is not your rival who's going to win this conversation, who's going to make this point, who's going to, whatever, be right, be wrong. Your, your spouse is never your rival or your enemy. And your marriage and your love was never about being right or exalting my opinion above my spouse's. It was about love. When you get to heaven as a married couple, St. Peter's not going to ask you, okay, let's calculate. How many times are you right? He's going to say, how many times did you humble yourself to love? That's really the only thing that's going to matter. But the struggle is real. I, I think that's why it's so pertinent in today's gospel. Maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to remind all of us. Like The struggle is real, right? That pride, that weed of pride, seems to have a lot of strength. And we don't always have a lot of strength against it. But love has more to do with willing the good, not of myself, but of the other. Seeking and striving after and perceiving the good of the other, not of myself. Where is my attention throughout my day? What am I distracted by in my day? We do it so well as parents, I think. We're always very attentive, usually, to the needs or at least to the whining of our kids. And when our spouse whines, we want to say, grow up. Grow up. Father, I don't ever want, I never whine to my spouse. Well, we'll talk about that later. But, um, but I want to say that it's a call, it's an invitation. If not from your spouse, then from your God, saying, remember, at your wedding night, you stood at the altar of our Lord's sacrifice, the sacrifice of the bridegroom, and you yourself laid down your life for that person. That's why Jesus would say, and it's often a reading at weddings, right? Greater love hath no one than to lay down 
his or her life for his beloved. It applies so much to marriage. To lay down your life every day in love. You think about the first reading with the, the story of Ruth, right? She's praised because she left everything of her own pagan people and adopted a whole lifestyle and whole family and, 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 and neighborhood that was not hers. And God exalted her as she lost herself, as she gave up her ways and embraced these other ways. St. Paul would tell married couples in Ephesians, submit, submit. We don't like that word in modern times, right? Submit. No, 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 I don't submit. I got to lead. No, submit to one another. I lay down my life for my beloved, for my husband, for my wife. I lay down my life. Does my spouse still perceive that happening? Jason brought it out so well, like just that sense, I think I'm doing so well, I think I'm loving so well, I'm doing my job, checking all the boxes, and yet, does my spouse feel that I'm choosing and submitting to their needs, serving their needs? I could list off all the times I think I've served their needs, but do they feel it? Is my general attitude one of that kind of love? Or is it a love of asserting myself and checking off all of my successes in love? Making sure that I have what I need, then I'm able to better serve what the other person needs a little bit. So, so to exalt yourself, I think, in marriage is often to, to find yourself humbled. I, I don't know if, if y'all have experienced this, but sometimes you hear married couples in, in their arguments and, and just the way the defense is happening, like just so, so ready to make the point, and if you're not careful, those on the outside see, you're not, you're not right, you're insecure. You're insecure. You're trying to exalt that you're right, but you're just showing that you're not st stable. And you end up trying to exalt yourself, you end up kind of making a fool of yourself. That's just an example, but I, I see that it can easily happen to all of us. To honor and think of our Blessed Mother and her own living out of marriage. It wasn't the, the normal experience, but like I just try to picture her relationship with Joseph. Who was more perfect? Come on. She had no sin, okay? She had no fallible bone in her body as far as sin would go. Do you think she spent her time telling Joseph every time he was wrong? I guess that was rhetorical, but <laughs> I mean, just, see, just her love, like, like no insecurity in her, no sense of, oh, wait, Joseph's telling, he's, I don't know, it's a weird image, but maybe, maybe Joseph was building this awesome state-of-the-art crib in Nazareth, and Mary knew because she pondered the scriptures and the Holy Spirit spoke a little more easily through her that, Joseph, I, I don't think it's going to be in Nazareth, I don't, I think it's going to be maybe in Bethlehem, I'm not, not sure, maybe, might, I don't know if she really made that argument, if she even knew, but I don't, I, don't, I don't see her saying, dude, you're wasting your time. I just see her supporting. I see her at his side. I see her giving him water when he came in sweating after finishing the first half of the crib that they were never going to use. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the gist of, of love. And our Lord could say it and, because he is love, and that's what he does. 
Christ is the bridegroom. What does he spend his whole 30 years in life doing and all eternity doing for us but lowering himself? Not for his own sake. He who had everything, he who was rich became poor so that you and I could be served and could become rich in heavenly delights. That's love. And so often we get it backwards and the society around us pressures us and our love grows cold, less sensitive. I don't even perceive the opportunities to serve my spouse. And I certainly don't do it with an attitude of, I'm serving you, I want to see you smile today, I want to lift you up today. It's more like, I'm doing this for you today, I hope you mark it down because you owe me. It's not, it's not love. It's something else. Or it's contaminated love. Love contaminated by pride. Your spouse is never your enemy. Your pride might be your enemy. And that goes for all of us. We just ask the Holy Spirit to help us to receive this seed of God's Word in good soil. Especially this weekend. It's a privileged kind of soil this weekend. And like Jason reminded us, it's not a time to to put on your armor of defensiveness. I'm waiting. As soon as my spouse calls me out, I'm, I'm, I know what she's going to say, and I, I, I know that's why we're here. She dragged me here so she can tell me these things I'm doing wrong. I'm ready to defend myself. It's the wrong kind of soil. This is a privileged weekend of grace and of hopefully watering of that soil, uprooting some of the thorns in my soil, pride in my soil. Worldly anxieties that say, honey, you're living in an ideal world. I can't spend that much time with you because of a thousand things and anxieties that are pulling me away. No, maybe it's time to cut those anxieties and say, honey, you're going to get a little more time from me moving forward. Because I realize I don't need as many thorns growing in this field of my soul as I thought I did. Whatever it may be, we just ask for the Holy Spirit to allow us to receive the seeds this weekend in a humble way. Not to exalt ourselves, defend ourselves, counter with, with my attack, the attack that I'm receiving, but rather to realize God is pouring out love over my heart and even over my marriage this weekend. We just pray for our marriages to be able to receive, to support, to cultivate the virtues we need, to root out not love but pride, and to respond to Him with service and love towards him first, the bridegroom, and out of love for him, service to my spouse, to my family. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.